Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Before we get into that message, we want to remind you about just a couple of things. First off, if you'd like to get connected to what God is doing here at the Cersei campus, text the word Cersei to 88000 for more information about what's going on here at our local campus, and you can give online there as well. You can also get connected to life groups and so much more just by texting Cersei to 88000. Now get your Bible apps ready and prepare to hear a great word today. Um, so I hope you're awake today. I hope you're fully caffeinated. If you don't know me, my name is Craig. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to help with student ministry, high school, junior high, college students, and uh, Because I'm a student pastor, um, I require a certain level of energy from the people I speak to. I just want y'all to know that right now. Now, the nine o'clock was, um, but you guys, I'm I'm believing that you guys will have some energy today. Um, I'm used to dealing with students a lot. I'm used to hearing a lot of noises and stuff like that happening out here. Um, But I'm also used to when I need some participation, they're involved. So I'm going to ask a couple of moments of participation from you today. And so hopefully I'll do that. Um, Before I get into it, though, can you guys do me a favor? Can we put our hands together for everybody watching online this morning? Hello. Welcome, YouTube and Facebook. Um, It is the first of four straight spring break Sundays for us. So we know we have a lot of college students this week uh, who are gone on spring break. And then Cersei starts in two weeks. So... Uh, and it is the time to take a little break and relax, and hopefully you guys get to do that. Um, so this morning, what I want to do is talk on the topic of habits, and if you have a Bible or the Bible app, uh, in just a minute, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 9, so you can go ahead and make your way there. You can pull up the notes on the Version Bible app and follow along with us today if you'd like, but Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. And I want to talk about habits, and Paul really does a great job of setting up this topic with this verse. And so Galatians 6, 7 through 9, let's go to it and start reading it together. Here we go. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. This paints a great, beautiful picture about how to have healthy habits. And it may not be obvious to us yet, but hopefully we get there. What I really want to ask, though, is a question from you guys. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but for me, there have been moments in my life where things that, you know, are habit to me, I tend to blank out. Like, let me, let me paint you a scenario. Have you ever, like, driven home from work and don't remember how you got home? Like, you, you remember getting off work, so thankful the day is over. You get in your car, you turn the ignition, you maybe put you on your favorite podcast or your favorite song, and then the next thing you remember, you're in your driveway opening your garage door, and they're like, how did I get, I don't remember driving at all. Or maybe it's your morning routine, right? You get up in the morning, you do the same thing every day. So you, you, you start doing it, and then before you realize it, you're at your office, you're like, did I brush my teeth? I think I did. I don't remember doing it. This is part of our habitual routine. It's, it's habit-based. I remember when I used to work in Little Rock a long time ago, I would go there every day, and that happened to me. It seemed like at least twice a week, I would get in my car, 
I would start the ignition. I put a CD in because that was a thing back then. We didn't have iPhones for podcasts. Just put a CD in. And then the next thing I know, I'm pulling into Cersei and I'm like, that was an hour. How did like a complete hour of my life just disappear? It's just habits. We do something so often that our brain, neurologists, I can't ever say that word, brain doctors have told us that literally there are parts of your brain when you do something over and over and over again, there are literal parts of your brain that shut off to save energy. They just shut off. Like that should not be something that happens in our brain where things just shut off, but yet they do. Parts of our brain just shut off to save some energy until it's needed again. It's like going on, a, on an airplane. How many of you have ever been on an airplane and you about 15 minutes or so into the flight, you hear the pilot come on. We've reached our cruising altitude. And for us, we're thinking, okay, it's gonna be smooth flights from here. But in reality, that means the captain is turning the autopilot on, kicking up his feet and taking a nap for a while because the computer's gonna take care of it all. Our brain does the same thing. It just kicks into autopilot. We don't even realize we're doing some things. Duke University did a study and said that 40%, 40% of our life is habit-based. They also said that 33% of our life were asleep. So if you think about it, over half of your waking hours are habit-based. Half of what you do when your eyes are open and you're conscious is habit-based. So all of those things. And if you think about it, right now, some of you are processing your day and you're saying, actually, that's kind of true because we get up at the same time, we do our morning routine, we get the kids ready, we brush our teeth, we take a shower, we get our clothes out, we get our breakfast, protein bar, we're in the car, we go to work at the same time, we do the same thing all day, we go to lunch at the same time, go to the same places, we do it all over again, then we get home, kids got homework every night, practices to go to almost every night, and we find ourselves in these routines and in these habits. Spiritually, there is application to this for us as well. It's why Paul tells us in Galatians that we will reap what we sow. The spiritual habits that we sow now, the spiritual habits that we put in the ground now, if we take care of them and make them healthy habits, they will grow and we can reap things from it. The spiritual ha habits we sow now will later produce healthy spiritual practices and relationships down the road. So why is a healthy habit important? I got a picture I want to show you. I want to put it up on the screen. This is a picture of, of a lady. Now, this is where your audience participation comes in. So on the count of three, what I would love for you to do is tell me what she does for a living, okay? Out loud together with your vocal cords, okay? One, two, three. She's none. I don't think anybody here yelled firefighter. I don't think anybody here confused this woman for a chef or, you know, a stunt driver or something like that. She's a nun. Now, why, you can use your voices again for this one if you want to. This one's optional. Some of you are like, please don't make me talk again. This one's optional. Why do you know she's a nun? Okay, at least somebody said something. Because of what she's wearing. It's her outfit. Her appearance lets us know exactly who she is. Now, some of you guys don't realize this, but the uniform, the, the, the wardrobe that a nun typically wears is called literally a habit. That's what it's called. 
Pope John Paul II was asked about the Catholic nun's habit, and this is what he had to say about it. The church must always seek to make her presence visible in everyday life. In other words, what the Pope is saying about the Catholic church and their nuns is that we want them to be set apart. So whenever you're walking down the street, if you see a nun, you know that represents the church. If you're struggling in your life and you need somebody to talk to, you know that's who I can go to. It's a statement of saying we represent the church. In the same way, our own personal habits should reflect Jesus. The things we do on a daily basis, the things we wear in our life should reflect. People should know when they see us based on our actions that we represent the church. And this is a strong statement, but if people have to ask if you're a Christian, you're probably doing it wrong. If people have to ask, are you following Jesus? Chances are you need to reevaluate some things in your life and say, what am I doing to make people even question this? Our habit, the things we wear, not necessarily specifically wear, but the things in our lives, our habits should tell us and tell other people we follow Jesus. Because as a Christian, as a Christ follower, our goal should be to imitate Jesus, to follow Jesus, to act like Jesus, to be more like Jesus. And even Jesus had habits. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 says that he went to Nazareth, he being Jesus, he went to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. This was not a question to Jesus whether to go to church. It wasn't a question to Jesus to be part of a community of believers. It wasn't like he was texting the disciples on a beautiful, sunny, 70-degree day saying, hey, we hitting up church today or are we going to the lake? This was not a question. It was part of his habit. It was his routine. It was his custom. But in 2021, distraction gets in the way sometimes. In our everyday life, it's really easy for us to get distracted and for these habits to start turning into bad habits. So why do we struggle to have good, healthy habits? Let me give you three reasons why, and then I'm going to talk about the solution to this. But three reasons very quickly on why we have a hard time making good habits. Number one, we focus on the what, but don't understand the how. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. We know what we want to be. We know the goal. We know what we want out of healthy habits. We have a hard time figuring out how to get from point A to point B. How do I get from where I am now to where I want to be in a healthy habit, in a healthy relationship. We don't know how to do it. You guys, I'm sure, have heard the quote from Einstein that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, but expecting a different result every time. Yet so many of us, without even realizing it, our habits are doing that exact thing. The habits that we have, the things that we do on a regular basis, we want to be different. We want to grow more in God. Maybe it's personal health habits. We want to drop some weight. We want to be more active. We want to be whatever the case may be. Maybe it's financial. We want to have more money. We want to put more things in savings. But yet the things we do on a daily basis, the habits and routines we find ourselves, do not reflect what the end game should be. It becomes insanity in our own lives. We're doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. I asked the first service this. 
I shouldn't ask the second service, but I'm going to do it anyway because I got a big old goose egg from them. Anybody here ever play Madden, okay, on an Xbox or something like that? I got some people back there. I know I got a couple right here. Yeah, okay, thank you. Finally, some people who love Madden. I'm not a gamer at all, okay? Like, if you ask me almost any other game, I'm like, no, I don't play that. Every once in a while with our students, I'll try to play Fortnite, and they just destroy me. I mean, I definitely know that I am past the age of video games. But I love Madden, especially during quarantine. We had more time. So I popped in Madden. I started playing it a little bit more often. And there's this thing in Madden called Face of the Franchise. Basically, you get to start out as a high school player, football player, and you get to work your way up to the pros. And I realized in that game something I was doing, that any time I was playing a game and me, the quarterback, would throw a lot of interceptions, I would restart the game. <laughs> like, I just hit pause, I would exit, and I'm like, I'm not saving that one. I want to do it. I want to do over <laughs> Like, I don't want that to be the reason I don't make it into the draft. I don't want that to be the reason I don't make it to the Super Bowl. If it's the other team's fault, okay, but I don't want to be the one to cause it. So I'll hit restart. And I'll do the same thing. Now, I won't change how I play, but I'm going to expect the other team to do something different. And for so many of us, we are playing a Madden lifestyle where we're like, mm, I didn't like how that turned out. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back, reevaluate, and I'm going to go back and try it again. But we're not changing anything. We're expecting the circumstances around us. We're expecting the people around us. We're expecting our boss to change his mind. We're expecting our spouse or our friends to change their mind. We're expecting God to change his mind. The truth is that we understand what we want, but we're not sure how to get there. I had a friend tell me a few years ago, a great quote. It's kind of bulletin board material for me. And it's so simple that it's, it's, it seems silly, but the quote is, nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. In other words, we're hoping things will change, but if we're not willing to make some changes on our own, then nothing's going to change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If we want to see healthy habits, we have to understand the how, not just the what. Number two, we don't see progress fast enough. We live in a microwave, fast food, high-speed internet world. And it's easy for us. I mean, if you've got one of these things in your pocket, we can get information in five seconds. You just ask Siri to do something and automatically you can know how old that actor was in that one movie that you saw that one time. We live in a now world. But oftentimes with the habits and the goals we want to achieve, it doesn't happen as fast as we want it to. We want it to happen now. But these things often take time. The University College in London says that it takes 66 days, 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic. In other words, it takes 66 days for something to become a habit. We don't want to wait two months for this thing to kick in. We want it now. So while we go on a diet, and after one week, if we haven't lost 30 pounds, we're like, I give up. If I'm not seeing anything in five days, that's it. I'm done. We have to... Be patient. If you want something to change in your life, you have to put in the work consistently. Craig Rochelle says it this way. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently. That means they're doing it all the time. It's part of their life. It's not just a decision. It's a consistent decision. It's part of who they are. It's become habitual in their life. Successful people do that no matter what it is. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, if you do things consistently, what other people do occasionally, you'll be successful. Number three, our distorted identity 
sabotages our success. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. What do you mean, Craig? I mean, how you view yourself will determine some of your habits. How you look at yourself. Do you look at yourself the way God sees you or do you look at yourself the world sees you? How are you viewing your own self? How you do will determine the habits that you have. And it's an endless, ruthless cycle that we find ourselves in if we're not careful. I've got a graphic I'll put up on the screen that a healthy identity creates unwise habits and unwise habits can reinforce healthy identities. Now, I know I'm not one to talk about having um, losing weight. I mean, I'm close. Look at this amazing physique. But if you view yourself as I'm just a fat kid, I'm never going to lose weight, so I might as well make bad health decisions and eat the Twinkies and have that extra Frappuccino, then by doing that, we have now reinforced our unhealthy identity. Well, I'm already eating this, so I'm just going to be a fat person. Oh, I'm a fat person, so I might as well eat this, and we get caught in this loop. You can apply it to anything. I'm never going to be wealthy enough. I'm never going to be good enough, so I might as well do this. And since I'm already doing this, I'll never become that. And it becomes this cycle that we find ourselves in. It's an identity issue. It's who we look at on the inside. What we have to do is understand what God sees us at and how God values us. So we've talked about why. Now let's talk about the how. How can we have healthy habits? And the short answer, I've got one point for this one. The short answer is simply this. Healthy habits start small. Healthy habits start small. How many of you guys, just give me a show of hands if you've ever heard the phrase, new year, new me, or new year, new you, okay, yeah? A lot of people have. Um, Let me give you some truth on a Sunday morning. That's a lie, (laughs) okay? It's a lie. Things don't magically change on New Year's Day. You're the same you. You just have different goals. And some of you have the same goals you've had for 10 years, It's a lie. In fact, today is March 7th. It's been 66 days since January 1. Statistics show that in this 66 days, the people who made New Year's resolutions on January 1, 92% of them are gone. 92% of the New Year's resolutions we made on January 1, bye-bye. They're broken. They're gone. They destroyed. Some of y'all destroyed them within the first 72 hours. They're just gone. Why? Because we think we can live a certain lifestyle and then in one day everything magically change. It doesn't happen that way in almost anything. It doesn't happen with our health. It doesn't happen with finances. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen with our relationship with God either. We expect when we say, Jesus save me, immediately we don't have the desire to do those things that we once did. We don't have the lustful thoughts. We don't have the problems with addiction. All our anger suddenly should go away. It's not how it works. It's called a relationship. God wants to take you on a journey and take you somewhere. And if you're like me, you want to restart your diet or whatever it is that your resolution is every Monday, right? I don't know about you guys. I love my mom. She's an amazing person. She's an amazing cook, though. And she especially is amazing at desserts. What she really is is an enabler because I want to I do better. And then Sunday, family dinner comes around and there's this beautiful, I'm going to hear about this later, I know, but there's a great dessert spread. And she's like, well, you don't have to eat it. I made this for you. I'm like, but that's good. I want to eat that. And so, you know what? Today I'm going to be bad today. Tomorrow, Monday, I'll be better. 
The thing is, maybe the reason we hate Monday so much is because the other six days we're having unhealthy habits. Monday would be a much better day if we lived a consistent life in these things. So the best way that we can sow well, so we can reap well, is to start small. Paul knew this when he used the analogy of a seed, people sowing a harvest and reaping the harvest, sowing seeds, reaping a harvest. He knew this. In the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, he gives some examples and he gives kind of a formula for us to kind of use. And I want to tell you that formula. I put the picture of the book up here. So if you're a book reader and you want something to read, this is a great, great one. It's talking about income and, and a lot of financial stuff, but it's practical stuff for our lives as well. And in the book, he gives this formula and it's simply this, small choices plus consistency plus time equal a radical difference. If there's something in your life you're wanting to overcome, if you want to get that much closer to God, if you're wanting to be a world changer, it starts with a small change, but we have to be consistent with it. And then we have to give it time, and that's when the difference happens. Um, Craig Rochelle, he did a series on habits, and I'm not going to lie, I stole some stuff from him because it's so good. And one of those, he talked about that book and he gave an example and I'm gonna use it today because it's, it, it kind of helps frame this formula a little bit better. But he said, I want you to think about three people very quickly. You have Sam who, yeah, he's not where he wants to be. He's a little overweight. He's kind of not happy with his job. He's, him and his wife are fine. He complains a lot, but everything's fine. He didn't change much though. So he's our control group. He's the, the model of consistency. Then you have Bill. Bill makes better decisions. He decides, I need to change some things, and he starts to make some better decisions. He starts to read the Bible app and read that one verse a day. Just very small things, nothing significant. Just read a verse a day. Not even studying it, not soaking in it, just reading the verse. He makes church a priority. He starts getting rid of some unhealthy snacks. He cuts 125 calories a day. And he does that for a consistent period of time. He starts taking his wife and his dog on walks three times a week around the neighborhood. Nothing big, very small changes. A couple of weeks into it, he kind of wants to give up, but he's going to be consistent with it. Then you have Will. Will's the polar opposite. He makes worse decisions. He's skipping church on a regular basis. He's not even worried about reading the Bible app or doing anything like that. He makes unhealthy choices. He's adding 125 calories to his diet a day. Instead of walking around the neighborhood with his wife and dog, he's sitting at his recliner watching reruns of The Office. These are two people not doing very many things at all, very, very small changes, but going in the opposite directions. And after six months, not much happens. There's not much noticeable change in either one of them. 18 months, you're starting to see just a little bit more. Bill's looking a little bit happier. He's got a little bit more energy. Will, on the other hand, is kind of looking like a sad sap. 27 months, though, these two are in completely different places. And this is what it is. Sam, he sees no real change. Okay? He hasn't done anything different, so everything's the same for him. He's still complaining. He's still a little bit overweight. Still is kind of okay with his job. He's fine. Bill, on the other hand, consumed 117,500 fewer calories in those 27 months and lost 33.5 pounds. Him and his wife are getting along. He's happier. He feels better. 
Things at work are going good because his confidence is up. Will, on the other hand, consumed 117,500 more calories and gained 33.5 pounds. He's feeling a little bit more sluggish than he was. He's a little, he's still grumpy. He's not as happy. He's not nearly as active. And yes, this is a, obviously it's a hypothetical. Obviously things can change. But it goes to, to prove the point that small incremental changes in either direction can make a big impact in your life. The question is, what direction are you going in? What direction are your habits? Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 11. I love this verse. It says, whoever is faithful with very little will also be faithful with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been faithful with the worldly wealth, then who will entrust you with true riches? God has given each of us something. What we do with it from there is all on us. I've got a, um, I don't know if y'all can see it really well from here on camera, but I've got a domino, okay? Um, and I don't know about you guys, but like when I was a kid, I'd go to like my grandparents' house or something and they, we'd play games and stuff and they always had dominoes. And I would never play dominoes how you're supposed to play dominoes. I don't think anybody here, especially as a kid, will do this. Like, you're supposed to line up the numbers, yada, yada, yada. What I would do is I would get all the dominoes, I'd start stacking them up, right? You start stacking them up, you create a cool little pattern, then you tip one over and watch the rest of it fall. There's amazing videos online that you can watch of people doing incredible things with dominoes, these amazing patterns and grand designs. But did you also know, now listen, I need to preface this by saying I am not, great with the math. <laughs> I'm not like a physics guy. I'm not good with this kind of stuff. But thankfully, there's people on the internet who are. And they have said that a two-inch domino, standard domino like this, can knock over a domino, the next one that is 1.5 times the size of this domino. So this two-inch domino can knock over a three-inch domino and so on and so forth. A three-inch domino can knock over, I think it's a four-and-a-half-inch domino. And it just keeps increasing from there, multiplies every time. And by that math, by that logic, this two-inch domino, and there's videos on YouTube, okay, uh, of people doing this, so I know it can be done. But this two-inch domino, if you keep that formula 1.5 times the size each domino, by the time you get to that 10th domino, you can knock down a domino that's this, roughly the size of me. This little domino can knock down a domino the size of me. 14 dominoes in. I want everybody to look up real quick. Everybody look at the ceiling of this building. If you're watching online, just imagine. 14 dominoes in, it will knock down a domino the height of this building. At 24 dominoes, it can knock down something taller than the Empire State Building. You get to 31 dominoes by that math, you can knock down something the size of Mount Everest. And by 57 dominoes, just 57 steps from two inches, you can knock down a domino that reaches from where your feet are sitting right now to the moon. 57 steps. Don't tell me big things can't happen through small beginnings. 
Don't tell me that the giants we have in our life, the things that are in our life that we're wanting to knock down, the things we want to see change, the things we want to see do better, the, the mountains in our way can't come down because a domino 57 steps from now could take out the moon. I think this is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, when he says, if you've got faith like a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. We, we have it in our head that Jesus is saying, take this seed and just throw it out a mountain and watch it fall. And that's not it at all. Jesus is saying, if you take this seed, plant it. Be consistent with it. Water it on a regular basis. It's not going to happen right away, but give it time and watch that thing grow. Then with that little seed of faith, anything is possible. But we have to knock the domino down ourselves. James chapter two, verse 26, the end of it says, faith apart from works is dead. This domino cannot move the moon by itself. You've got to tip it over. You can set this domino down and say, this is it. This is the starting point. This is all it's going to take. But if you never knock it over, it's never going to move. No one single habit is going to change your life, but consistency plus time equals radical things happening. I believe Jesus is wanting to do things just like what Paul said, what you sow, you will reap the harvest. If you plant the good things, if you make good habits, then you're gonna reap something that's amazing. I believe it's what God wants for us.